You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This week's episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, title sponsor of Go Topless Day 2019. Stay tuned to later in this episode as we announce their latest throttle out episode on how to choose shocks for your Wrangler. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Jeeps. (laughs) Hey, I'm Tony. I'm a present. I'm, I'm a present and accounting for. Present accounted for. I don't want to know where the bow is wrapped this time. It's a it's a very large bow, and it goes around my neck. Oh, Hello, fellow Jeeper. My name is Josh, and if I had spring fever any worse, I'd probably have to be committed. I probably should be, anyways. Mm-hmm. And hi, I'm Tammy, and I'm wheeling again this weekend. Woohoo! Uh, what do you mean? Josh? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she agrees with me. I, oh yeah. yeah, lock that guy up. Uh-huh. Are, are you going there with all that rust? Because uh, you know, can uh-huh. you cover up the Jeep Talk Show sticker if you are? Oh my god, the rust is horrible. <laughs> hey Josh, what's coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show? Well, Tammy, I'm glad you asked. As always, we got Mike Tim with us tonight. He's going to be talking about the new Oakland County Off Road Park in Michigan that is being built as we speak. This week in Jeep is going to be, well, all over the place with a Jeep-related April Fool's Day joke, exciting news about the Gladiator, <laughs> and a dumb criminal story that you don't want to miss oh, out on. Oh, good. Wrangler Talk has got some mechanical stuff going on. We got Tammy with a rear brake brake pad replacement job that just got done, and we're going to get some details about that. Nikki G stops in with or without the tinfoil hat. We'll let you guys decide, and a whole lot more show coming up, so stick around. So did you guys see the uh, the picture with uh, Nikki G and his official uh, in the yeah. ear hole? Uh, yeah, Jeep talk I did. Show yeah. I saw he was sporting, the, sporting one of our brand new shirts that we have available in the store. Uh, he was rocking the tinfoil hat, a sunny weather. It was great picture. So oh, thanks, Nikki G, for sending that in. That was great. That was It was huge. You know, I tried to make it as big as I could on the T-shirt, but I didn't realize I was taking up that much real estate. Well, you no, can it see was like, that. Yeah, so good. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> that was, that was I, awesome. I'm just wondering what it's going to look like on a female, though. So, oh, yeah. Just imagine. <laughs> so, uh, I was thinking, uh, we never put anything on the back of the T-shirts, uh, but uh, I was thinking primarily due to the, the conversation we had oh, last last episode yeah. maybe on on the back i could just put across the the back uh, shoulder area pull my hair oh, what do you think <laughs> no, i don't no know this week in jeep <laughs> This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Is that tax return check burning a hole in your pocket? I bet it is. Support the show and get your shopping therapy going all at the same time by shopping with Amazon. Before you do anything, though, you need to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact first and press the big Amazon button we have there. That will transport you straight to Amazon's online shopping wonderland. While there, anything you purchase will give the show a few cents while costing you nothing more. If you have uh, way more tax return than you know what to do with, like what you hear, or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, well, then please consider giving back. 
That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. Well, the web is full of testimonials from all sorts of people who have been lucky enough to test drive the much-anticipated 2020 Jeep Gladiator. And there is one thing the reports all have in common. Every one of them can confirm that it lives up to every bit of the hype. If you're one of the folks who have been waiting for the Wrangler-based pickup for a while now, well, you're not going to have to wait very much longer. If you want the very special launch edition, however... Well, you would have to have needed to get on the interwebs today. As we record this show, it's Thursday, April 4th. Why take orders on April 4th? Well, today is otherwise known as Jeep 4x4 Day. Get oh, it? April 4th? 4-4? Yeah. Four, four? Ah, Where you have you been, I, Tony? <laughs> you can order your launch edition at Jeep.com, and you'll be contacted by a concierge later in the day. Ooh. Remember, though, there are only 4,190 units available, so you'll have to act quickly. And why only 4,190? Well, it's a nod to 419, the area code of Toledo, Ohio, where the Jeep Gladiator and its Wrangler siblings are being built. So what is all the hype? Well, the 2020 Jeep Gladiator Launch Edition takes the top Rubicon trim and adds a few fancy badges and trims on top of it. The Launch Edition is based on the fully loaded Gladiator Rubicon, but gets a few unique visual accents, including special badging, 17-inch mid-gloss black aluminum wheels, black leather seats, and red contrast stitching. And like other Rubicon models, the Launch Edition will be powered by the Gladiator's 3.6-liter V6 engine with 285 horsepower and 260 foot-pounds of torque. The Launch Edition will also come with Rubicon's robust four-wheel drive system, forward-facing camera, blind spot monitoring, adaptive cruise control, and all the rest of the goodies. If you order one of the Launch Edition models, you'll be eligible to enter Jeep's Find Your Freedom contest, in which you can win $100,000, presumably to, I don't know, take a year off and go camping around the country in your brand new truck. Sounds like a plan to me. In order to enter the contest, buyers will need to submit some sort of a Gladiator video, and Jeep will choose a winner with the help of U.S. Army veteran Noah Galloway. Galloway was injured during the Iraq War, losing part of his left arm and leg, and has gone on to work as a motivational speaker and author. If you think that just anyone can participate in this, well, remember, the launch edition is demanding a very high premium. While the Rubicon starts at just over 43000 plus 1495 destination, the launch edition is coming in at a whopping sixty grand plus wow. destination. So, buyer beware. Something tells me that the depreciation on one of these is going to make that premium price not worth the expense. For the rest of us, however, the 2020 Jeep Gladiator should be hitting dealers sometime here in the next few months. So I That's think so. Pretty I, penny. So I think I know what somebody would do with that hundred thousand dollars if they got it. <laughs> it would be pay that thing off, pay it off, and have a staycation. <laughs> you know that is a lot of money. You know, I I keep thinking I I've missed my calling because I really really should be working in in marketing because you know hear me out on this. What they should have done was called this the box launch edition. And it comes with a nice box with a nice sandwich and a bag of chips. Oh, yeah. That'll have them flocking. And then, uh-huh. and then charge $62,000. Wind up the door for that bologna sandwich. I tell you, around the block they are. Get it? Box launch. It's like a box yeah, no, launch. I got it. 
Yeah. Well, did you see Jeep's <laughs> April Fool's Day joke? It was pretty good. Oh, and as far we as got you know, people with that, on, they really on the Jeep really talk did. show. No, we got them with the Jeep talk show uh, uh, page on uh, on Facebook. But there was the one person actually says, "I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, as other car brands joined in the fun of posting fake news releases, like the one from Lamborghini that showed a very Lamborghini-esque camping trailer towed behind one of their Aventador models, clearly not real and clearly an April Fool's Day joke. Well, Jeep was no exception to this levity. On April 1st, 2019, the Jeep Middle East Facebook page posted a news-like article that showed what appeared to be a four-door Jeep car. Oh, and a yeah. caption that simply said, <laughs> introducing the all-new 2019 Jeep sedan. Well, car geeks <laughs> clearly could point out the <laughs> obvious stylings uh, you know, of what you know, was a Chrysler 300 uh, with what looked like a mashup of a Jeep Cherokee grill and Thank the front you. end of an Alfa Romeo. It's an interesting concept and clearly a joke as most car manufacturers are ditching some or all of their car models for the more in-demand crossovers and larger SUVs. And FCA really being no exception to this. This, however, pulled the leg of quite a lot of people, <laughs> like Tony was mentioning. And as you can imagine, the replies to this have been both comical and divided. Actually, the one I was talking about and I thought you were talking about was the Gladiator, the two-door Gladiator. That's the one we posted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and, that, was, that was a pretty good one, too. There Although were I've been so talking. many people were like, oh, yeah, I'll buy it now. And then somebody somebody has to always ruin it. And they said, it's April, April Fool's. Fools. And then, right. then the comment came up with, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> you gave, all of you. You gave me hope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what day it was. Damn you to hell. <laughs> no, we talked about that. As soon as as soon as soon the uh, the spy photos and the concept pictures started coming out, we were all talking about, okay, this is awesome, but would be, what would be even better is a two-door version. Uh, you know, just short and sweet and lovely. And the, the images that – the Photoshop images that people have been posting up online and stuff – are amazing it definitely yeah. gets the mouth watering if you will i'll go so far as to say jeep porn almost but uh yeah it's 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 definitely got people going and uh if they don't do it it's going to be their mistake but i, that, that I definitely think it be. almost has to be something that they're going to do i mean it really really if, if anything else a special edition limited release i get it they don't have the line for it whatever uh, but if they can be doing, you know, special trim packages and other things, I mean, come on, you guys can make a, a two door Jeep uh, pickup easily. You have the means. I think they can do it. So did you I don't know if you've noticed this on the Gladiator. Uh, have you noticed those back doors, this, the, the, the rear doors? Are they anything reminiscent? Does, does anything remind you of the, the back doors and previous Jeep models? Well, I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, kind of off the JL. Uh, it's supposed to mimic the JL or JK. Well, if you look at those doors, they're they're a lot smaller than the front doors, and it reminded me a lot of the XJ uh, rear doors. <laughs> oh yeah, no, almost impossible to get in and out yeah. of. I mean, they, they do have that adult. sharp angle cut. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for you know, large, yeah, full size adult, uh, you know, nearly impossible. But uh, yeah, no, the Gladiator does have a little bit of a cut on that rear door. Um, I mean, don't not, get me wrong. I'd much rather it be shorter and the door be smaller than longer because you definitely don't want it any longer. It's than not it as full size as the front door. It no. does have a little bit of a cut in it, you know. But uh, but I mean, it, the opening I I think is still larger than the Cherokee. Oh, I, I think it'd have to be just because of all the bitching <laughs> that went on. <laughs> Look, we can uh, we can give you a door 
uh, but no cup holders. <laughs> we'll call it an opening. All right. <laughs> it's an orifice. <laughs> well, this stupid Jeep thief got what he deserved. Now, I just love dumb criminal stories. The details are oftentimes overlooked or not printed, but occasionally they make it into a story and a gem is born. Back when we were doing the Tony and Josh show, we featured a ton of these kinds of stories, and much worse. <laughs> they were great, but this one stood out, mainly because it involved an exceptionally dumb Jeep thief who ended up getting what he deserved, and by his own hand. Uh-oh. A Florida man, because a story like this could only come out of Florida, <laughs> apparently, or I should say allegedly, Ronnie Dylan Willis was up to no good. Whether he was coming down or fully in the throes of whatever crack-like substance he was on, Ronnie was not being a good citizen this one night. In his meanderings, he ended up in Winter Haven, a little town in between Orlando and Tampa. Ronnie was likely lost, confused, high, or just really, really tired and desperate because he ended up finding his way into a Jeep Wrangler that did not belong to him. And it is here where he passed out. Now, at some point in the night or early in the morning, Ronnie woke up, decided to knock on the door of the house he was at, and when nobody answered, figured, okay, the Jeep was now his. And (laughs) off he drove. Ronnie apparently was in and out of several vehicles that night, including a minivan that had been parked in that same driveway. How do we know this? Well, Ronnie discovered at some point in his joyride that his cell phone was missing. So, what did this genius do? Well, he drove back to the scene of the crime in the stolen Jeep. Ronnie is allegedly pretty tech-savvy as well, as he started asking people in the area if anybody found his missing cell phone, which, quote, was pinging back to this area. As he pulled up to a strangely familiar house, the owner of the stolen Jeep, Marta Diaz, was actually being interviewed by a Polk County Sheriff's (laughs) deputy about her stolen vehicle. Marta told police that she had no idea who Ronnie Willis was and did not give him permission to use her vehicle. However, she did remember seeing him near the house earlier in the morning before she went out with her husband. Willis was also dumb enough to tell deputies pretty much the entire story as if he had done nothing wrong, as if it's completely normal to wake up in a strange neighborhood in a stranger's car and then take it for a drive. Our brilliant Jeep thief was, of course, arrested immediately on the scene, on the spot, and was charged with grand theft of an automobile. Uh, The cherry on top of all this? Well, he was also ticketed for driving with a suspended license. He was booked at the Polk County Jail and was released on a $1,000 bail on March 25th. Anybody want to take a guess as to whether or not he shows up for his court hearing? (laughs) Well, I I think think the question is, what vehicle will he show up in? Oh, there you go. Something's wrong in his head. You know, uh, I was was thinking if this was in uh, Oregon, uh, you'd uh, you'd have to wonder if he had uh, any uh, Hondas. Uh, right, his exactly. I was going to say it would have been a Honda, <laughs> not a Jeep, but yeah. No, I mean, he, you know, he could have been selling low and high, so it could have been Oh, there one. you go. <laughs> From one to the other. Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. Hey, and coming up later in the show, an interview with Michael Tim, who will share with us some insider details of the soon-to-be-open brand-new Oakland County Off-Road Park near Groveland Township, Michigan. Coming up in Tech Talk, we'll take more technical approach to selecting accessories for your Jeep. Oh, you're going to take a motion all out of this. Ah, I don't know. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
And if you're new to the show, well, you got to go check out what we're doing over there. The 4x4 Radio Network is a great place to go for all of your off-road audio needs, regardless of what you or your buddies drive. We've got something there for everybody. Of course, we're there as well. Uh, we got the 4x4 Radio Network posting out shows all the time. Got the Trail Chasers there putting out shows, the Center Steer Podcast, On the Trail Podcast as well. And Dan with the 4x4 Podcast is really putting out some great content. Lots of great off-road shows, and it's all for free. It's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's Brad from PA. Tony, I like your idea of the sticker. If you're going to ride my butt, at least pull my hair. I could probably just uh, run down the wall. I mean, I'm only about 20 minutes from... Roush Creek and AOA, and if anybody knows anything about cold country, there's some colorful folks out here. Anyhow, there's only one problem. I shave my head, I'm bald, and I don't think my back hair is quite long enough, so uh, I'll have to figure something out. So maybe pull my bald? No, that because <laughs> at the wrong angle, that D goes away, and well, that just, we're going to... Well, his hair's not going to cover up. No, you could up. say rub my head for luck. <laughs> A ponytail with a suction cup. Actually, I was thinking about a nice uh, Amazon uh, baseball hat with a ponytail built into the back, you know, where you just put the hat on and you got a ponytail. You just need to anchor that hat, though, whenever your hair was being pulled. Nice double-sided tape. <laughs> Skin with that. Ow! Staples. <laughs> hey, you ever had the urge to wrap yourself in Jeep Talk Show merch? Well, now you can. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash store and you'll find t-shirts, iPhones. I think there's some yoga pants on there, too. Uh, oh, and some socks. <laughs> Seriously, I there like are. socks. There are. There's Jeep Talk Show socks. Uh, and, of course, Android cases. So uh, <laughs> you can get all sorts of stuff over there. And, uh, of course, it's sporting the official Jeep Talk Show logo. If you get some JTS goodies, be sure and share a picture on social media. We'd love to see you sporting our goods. You know, much like Nikki G did recently. That's right. He went over to jeeptalkshow.com slash store, got himself one of our shirts there, and, uh, well, we got a great picture from him. Thanks again, Nikki G. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Nah, shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. And now it's time for G-Mama's Top 5. <laughs> uh, not, not, well, I guess I could do the top five things I learned um, about my breaks. You know, Wait, Tony and Josh the show. never thought. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, I'm typing. Um. <laughs> 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 I never thought I would see this day come because, you know, you guys would always talk about fixing that on your Jeep, fixing this on your Jeep. This broke, that broke. And I'm like, you, you know, You did just the break job yourself? No. Well, <laughs> I... Um, I, was there, I was there emotionally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, you know, it came time. I um, time. It's a new phase of my Jeep life now because now I can be fixing the things that break on my jeep um and so the first thing it's not really break you know it didn't really break uh, my brake pads yeah my brake pads yeah. needed to be replaced which you know that's typical um and you know i knew they needed to be replaced and when i went to get my airbag um recall fixed jeep the jeep dealer did a 16 point i think it's a 16 point inspection and they said my brakes were at two millimeters and you need to get them Change and I said, yeah, I know. And oh, the the how do we pad our our pockets? Uh, check. Yeah. Yes, yes. And you know, everyone was shocked that it was a 
I swear to God, he told me a thousand dollars, but you know, I could, <laughs> I could have been hearing things, right? But um, I would have asked, does I, that mean you stay the whole night? <laughs> right. You know, so I didn't go to the dealer. I went to my Jeep guy. Well, I knew Jeff that. Hart. I knew that had to have been where you went, uh, yeah. which is great for for anybody because if you haven't done it before, you can stand there and watch. I mean, I think that's oh, what totally. what happened with you. So yeah, I went to Jeff at Adrenaline Off Road. Um, he's so awesome. He's very old school, and he um, is so patient. And he lets me hang out in the garage, and I talk to his mechanics, and I see them working on other Jeeps, and Anyway, Jeff let me watch and explained everything he was doing and showed me everything step by step. So, you know, I'm pretty sure I could change the pads myself the next time. Um, well, you see how easy it is. I mean, the, yeah, really, the hard thing is getting the wheels off. I mean, breaking those bolts right. to get the, get the nuts off of the, to get the wheel off. So, yeah, it's, it's much simpler than most people think. Oh, no. And it was funny. He had this one kid he's 22 years old and he has this big shiny white jeep um he had him take the the wheels off my jeep and put them back on and this kid was strong he lifted up those 35 inch tires all the way up and put them on the lift anyway that's not what i'm here to tell you about um so some of the things i learned that i thought was so cool i you know the first thing he did is i don't even know if i'm using the correct terminology on this you guys can correct me if i want wrong um, he took the piston housing off. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Um, um, Clifford? I, I have no idea. Anyway, it's the, <laughs> he took this thing off, and um, he has this old tool, and him and he has two twins working there as his mechanics, and they're they're really oh, good. That, that would drive, he would, that would drive yeah. people insane. Yeah. <laughs> they're really young. So you, know, you, you know your name. <laughs> Go over there. They're into, you know, all the new stuff. And Jeff has this old tool from the 90s that he likes to use where you have to push the piston back. So when yeah. you put the, the... And I'm like, okay, so that's what he's doing. And he explained that to me. And, you know, he explained that you should take the pads off one at a time. And he showed me how to make sure you get the right ones on. And you have to lube them up and don't lube the wrong side. Um, he showed Very me the little caliber pin that you pull out and you have to lube that make sure it's always lubed because it could seize up if it's not and he said yours look really good um, did he say they needed to be replaced i'm curious about uh, the dealership nope. as opposed to no nope. he said they were mine looked really good and they were fine and he you know showed me how to lube them and that's what i thought push them in and out no i'm talking was, about the pads did you actually need oh, a brake job i mean from, from oh yeah yeah he's he said I probably could have gone another four to 5,000 miles. Um, okay. I'm going off-road this weekend. I just, you know, I got a long drive. Well, and, the rear brakes. You don't use those yeah. anyway. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then, you know, he showed me how to slide the pads back on. And when you get your little replacement kit from Mopar, I think that's where they were from, they come with the little, um, the little clips. Mm-hmm. That you clip them in, and he says he likes to keep the stock ones in there. They just seem to work better. Anything aftermarket just doesn't seem to work as good. So we left my stock ones in. Um, he showed me how to look at my drum to make sure it's okay, and um, and then you know you take it for a test drive, and I'm like, oh my god, that was so simple and easy. I know I could totally do it. Um, so I'm excited to be able to. 
Um, I'm assuming the fronts are pretty similar. And um, I think the, the fronts are easier because you don't have the, the emergency brake uh, drum that I think mm -hmm. that's, that's what you were right. referring to. Yeah, and he actually, before we even um, did anything, he took the Jeep and made sure, because some people don't always use their emergency brake. And, you know, you really should use your emergency brake, um, you know, when you're stopped or whatever. So he Going took around it, corners, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do a little drifting while Extend you're at Extend that it. handle so you oh. can get a lot of, a lot of pressure <laughs> on that brake. Um, so he drove it around his shop and he's kind of got like some hills there, kind of like his own little mini, mini off-road course, just to make sure it was still working because if it wasn't, we would have had to do a whole nother thing. Yeah. Something didn't um, get done right. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's another thing you need to be on the lookout for when you do your rear brakes. But anyway, I have the black magic. Remember when we interviewed the guy and he, he Mr. sent me Blaine. Some, yes. He sent me some front brake pads, and so when he that did, how did around, wait, so you doing some back room deals, uh, Tammy? Why, why did I get any? Oh, I was um, on the show. That's all on the up. Yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm everybody's favorite, Tony. Um, but while we were at it, we looked under my Jeep, and actually, Jeff, right when he he got into my Jeep, um, to, when we tested the emergency brake, and he's like, "Are you leaking fluid or leaking coolant?" And I'm like. <laughs> And you check your pants. <laughs> I know. And, and he goes, do you smell that? And I'm like, no, I don't smell anything. And I'm like, smelling and smelling. I'm like, don't smell anything. He has an amazing nose. Oh, you learn the smells, yeah. especially yeah, in a Jeep. Is, uh, you know, I was going to say that. That's just, that's just you know, seat time is all. Yeah. You, you, I, I can smell, you know, transmission fluid or radiator fluid right. a mile away. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody's leaking. Yeah. Just think of the dog with the uh, the cone on going squirrel. It's, it's same deal with, <laughs> with fluids coming from Jeeps. You know? <laughs> We uh so we checked under the Jeep and on the driver's side of the radiator you see some dried pink pinkish color and that is um my coolant. I have a leak in my um radiator, which apparently is very common in the, the later year JK JKUs and it has something to do they say with possibly the coolant having a reaction to some solder inside the um, the radiator. And so, you know, I posted it on um, Facebook, you know, this picture, and I got so many comments. And I just wanted to, um, I think everyone needs to know this who has um, the Wranglers. Brian with Carolina Trails Off-Road, he's done some research in this because he had some issues. And I'm just going to read to you what he said. Um, so there's a couple of things probably going on. Depending on the year, the JKs use two different types of coolant, the OAT and the HOAT. Brian's is a 2014, for instance, and uses OAT. This particular type of coolant does not play well with the run-of-the-mill universal coolants on the market or with HOT. You do not mix those two. When mixed, it causes a chemical reaction inside your cooling system that will eventually cause your components like your thermostat radiator and heater core to fail. A lot of cooling system failures are a result of this. His started with a thermostat failure. Luckily, he did his research and discovered the culprit. His local shop was using a universal coolant and mixing it with the factory OAT. Um, he got a new thermostat and a coolant flush with the Mopar OAT. 
Now, I'm also told that, like I said, that this coolant, one of the coolants is having some sort of reaction to the solder, which is causing the leak. Um, and Jeff, God, it was like, I remember mentioning this on the show a while ago. At one point, he had like four Jeeps in there with the exact same radiator problem. It was like a 12, a 13, and a 14 um, which they, he warned me this would probably happen to my Jeep. Um, unfortunately, my warranty has expired by a couple thousand miles for this particular issue. It's going to cost me about, I don't know, $500 to replace. It's like a three-hour job. Um, it's about a $200 new radiator. Um, right now, I bought um, a thing of coolant. I'm just going to have to watch it this weekend while I'm wheeling because I'm not going to let it stop me. And, you know, it's, it is what it is, right? It's, stuff happens. But I will say um, I bought the bottle of coolant, which was 20 bucks. The brake pads were about 40 So my whole brake job bill was under $200 plus the coolant. So it beats spending a thousand dollars at the dealer. Oh, they should have charged you a thousand dollars just for all the, uh, the <laughs> training that, that that you received because uh, that, right, exactly. taking a lot of time with you uh, showing you no, stuff. That's that's so nice. That's that. Yeah. Really, it, really good. Now, now I, I think you just uh, made reference to this, didn't you? Do a story. It was you or Josh did a story on this whole thing with uh, the radiators and the the mixing of uh, the mixing of uh, different uh, coolants, uh, uh, creating intelligent life or something in your radiator. Yeah, I know I brought it up before. If you mix the two, the I think it's the OAT, and one's like a purple pink and one's an orange, I believe, don't quote me, but it turns into like a jelly. Oh, that's right. Your radiator. Yeah. yeah. So um, just be careful what you put in there. Do your research. Um, God, why the hell can't they just leave crap alone? Just, I know. Just put the yellow green stuff in there and be done right. with it. Jeez. And I, I think, I think what they were trying to do is have a more um, environmentally safe. There you go. That's got screw Coolant. screw up the world, right? <laughs> so, I'm just very happy that I got to watch the process of my brake pads being done by a professional. And so, you know, now I'll be able to do it next time. My other question is, am I going to have to change these brake pads every 40,000 miles? I'm assuming. Mm, I, I can't believe that you had to change them now. Rear brake pads, unless they did something different in the proportion and valves. Uh, rear brake pads, I, you know, I'm familiar with drums, same with, with Josh. Those things, I mean, I've done like, I've changed the brakes on the rear of my XJ twice in 20 years. Uh, they, yeah, but those are those are drums, and and the bias on on those are going to be uh, quite a bit different than the bias on a on a four disc brake setup like what Tammy's got. So well, that was that was what I was saying about proportioning valve. I didn't know if it was different for uh, rear disc. I know when you change over to rear discs, uh, you don't. Uh, uh, the you still have the bias towards the front more so. Than yeah, the there's than always the going to be a bias to the front, you, unless you're into some serious racing, uh, you know, track time type stuff. Or drifting, you're not going. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah, obviously, um, you're going to be running a front bias, and, and typically it's it's about uh, 80, 20, 60, 40, uh, somewhere around there. Uh, I, you're not going to find anything more than a 60, 40 split. All right. So, Tammy, what we're talking about, if you're not familiar, because you're supposed to jump in with questions, but you don't. So uh, I'll just throw this out there. What we're talking about. I can't about, jump in because you never let me talk. There you go. Uh-huh. Uh, how long have you been sitting on that one? Uh, so 
<laughs> what he's talking about is, is that the front brakes get uh, do sixty percent more of the work, or they do sixty uh, percent more of the the braking than the rear when it's a sixty forty split, or the bias is towards the front. In other words, right. the, the bias is going toward the front brakes and not the rear, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm surprised that the the rear brakes are having to be replaced. Uh, have the front brakes already been replaced on your Jeep? No, he said um, That's just so about 75,000 miles. I sh- probably will have to replace those. Somebody's been driving around with an e-brake on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Drifting, she already said earlier. Well, no, he said every, about this is about the time that I should have replaced the pads. So the, the pads wear out faster on the back than they do the front on the JKUs. They I might be guess. thinner. They, they might be thinner. I guess so. That's so strange to me. I should get my um, the Black Magic ones and quick look at them and see to compare. I'll, I'll, I'll. You mean when with I the, get a little break? You mean with the front ones? Yeah, because I have them sitting over here in a box. I'll, I'll. Quick oh, I see what you mean. Compare it with the ones that you took off. Yeah, I gotcha. to remember to yeah. So you um, kept the you kept the rear brakes, the old rear brakes. No, I took pictures of what they look like. Um, oh, you, you said you were going to do the compare. I was going to ask if you were going to be yeah. doing a giveaway or something for uh, for our listeners to oh, no. have my old brake pads. <laughs> oh, gee, can I? Pick me, pick me. It's been touched by Tammy. <laughs> hey, folks, coming up later in the show, we're going to hear from our favorite guy, Nikki G. Hey, Jeep Talk Show, it's Nate. Your voice message is all messed up. Fix it, fix it. Anyway, I'm just calling in in response to Josh's recent uh, quick talk with his cool hacks for fixing your Jeep. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks. Uh, a lot of those I already knew, but I did not know about the pepper. <laughs> That's pretty darn cool. That's weird. Um, I also wanted to warn your listeners because in my old Jeep, I had a leaky radiator. And on some what I've decided now is bad advice, I put some of that uh, solder pellet base. Uh, leak stopper in the radiator, (laughs) and it seemed to fix the problem, but then, I don't know, a year or so later, I was having cooling problems, and I found that it seems like a lot of that solder ended up in my water pump, because I took the water pump off, and it was full of solder-based stalagmites and stalactites, and the flow in the water pump was impeded, so I had to replace the water pump. Not good. Um, Otherwise, pretty cool uh, tips there. I I didn't know about the fuse trick. Of course, I don't have any vehicles with those kind of fuses, I don't think. Um, the, the pepper was cool. Uh, yeah, cool stuff. I uh, also wanted to say that I will be at the same run this weekend that Tammy's planning on going to. So if any of your listeners are there, I'd be happy to say hi. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Thanks for the show, guys. I'm going to go stick a copper penny in my fuse box now. Bye. So, so Tammy, now that you know Nate's going to be there, are you still going? Uh, no, I am be missing a finger. <laughs> I, I'm ex- I'm I'm giving him my purple ammo cans. Oh yeah, that's oh right. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, Nate is he's really I love wheeling with him. He's awesome. He he you know they're him and Brian at Route One Six and Brian at Carolina Trails Off Road. They they're they're so much more confident in my wheeling abilities than myself and they're like no you can do it you can do it and they're just they're just great confident boosters and they they push me where i need to be pushed so i'm thinking and and check on this this weekend uh, when you're there with uh, brian brian and nate um 
see if maybe Nate is uh, his middle name or maybe it's his nickname because I get a feeling his name should be Brian. That way it'd be Brian, uh, Brian, and Brian. Brian, 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 <laughs> Brian, Brian. Yes. Hey, if you haven't heard, we're giving away stickers. All you have to do is send us a self-addressed stamped envelope, or S-A-S-E. To find out where to send it, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You'll see how to contact us there. We'll respond with a mailing address where you can send your S-A-S-E. And for limited time, you can be a JTS ambassador. You'll get more stickers and JTS cards. Now you can leave that sticker or card under the windshield wiper on that badass hmm, Toyota. You always see at Walmart. Just write ambassador on the envelope. Yes, XG Cargo stores my stuff. Hoping I'm caller number five. (laughs) Y'all do an awesome show. Love it. This is Rick with Wannabe Jeeps, photographer on Instagram. You guys rock. Love y'all. See you, Tammy, at Uari. Bye. Well, Rick, I got some great news for you. You didn't win. (laughs) <laughs> oh. no but thanks a lot and it's great hearing from you and uh you know i i haven't heard about uh anything i haven't seen anything about uh, being jeep's official photographer in a long time let us know how that's going but uh but rick did call in unfortunately he uh, did not hit uh, caller number five but uh well we love hearing from you yeah i remember um i ran into rick on the trails in uari and he took some really awesome pictures of my jeep Um, all dusty and stuff. He's a really good guy. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, in the coming weeks, we're going to switch gears a little bit and get into some details behind gear selection. No, not what gear should I be in for this obstacle, nor are we going to touch on what gears for what tire size and stuff like that. What I'm talking about is the more technical reasoning that everybody does before they buy an accessory for their Jeep. Okay, most people do this. Some people will just buy an accessory because it's purple, but I'm not going to call anybody out specifically for such things. (laughs) Ha ha ha. In all seriousness, there is a lot of technical aspects you should be thinking about while researching whatever it is you're looking to buy for your Jeep. Too often we default to buying the same bumper, wheels, or what everybody else is running only because... Uh, of a favorable testimonial or something like that. Now, word of mouth carries a lot of weight in my own book, too. But what is good for one Jeeper may not be good for you or for your specific Jeep or for the terrain you drive on. All the positive reviews, sale prices, and vouching from other Jeepers doesn't mean the beadlocks they're talking about are just what your stock Jeep that never sees anything but the occasional sand or snow really needs. So, over the next couple few weeks, we'll dip into the more technical reasons behind why you might want to consider this accessory or that. And I want to start with one of the most important features of any off-road vehicle any off-road vehicle should have, and that's armor. Now, your Jeep doesn't need to have a full exo cage or look like a tank to be well protected. And one of the most critically important areas to armor up first on any Jeep are the sides of it. Now, Jeep is all too aware of this as well, and that's why we've started seeing factory armor options like the rock, like rock rails and armored steps in recent years. A Jeep sidestep serves several critical functions. As a result, there are several varieties to choose from. Now, I'm going to detail those functions and explore some of the more common options to help you determine what is going to be the best choice for your own Jeep. Jeep sidesteps are oftentimes referred to by many different names. Sidesteps, ruby rails, rock sliders, and more. 
The name is appropriately coined after their function, to slide or deflect off rocks or other hard, solid terrain you might encounter while on the trail, or to simply act as a step to get in and out easier. Jeep rock sliders are often the most robust sidestep, though, often anchoring to the Jeep's frame. Rock rails are sturdy, constructed of heavy-gauge steel, and designed to sustain the entire weight of the Jeep on an obstacle. They come in all sorts of shapes and features and sizes, and some are square, rectangle-shaped, and some are rounded and set at a slight angle upwards to allow the Jeep to slide off the obstacle or to deflect any possible damage to the doors or sides. Rock sliders can also be used as a strategic contact point for spotters looking to steer drivers through a trail. If a spotter knows that he can direct you to pivot against a tree or a rock to get you up and around or through an obstacle, it's going to make getting through that trail a lot easier. Now, although they might sustain some cosmetic damage, they are designed to absorb heavy impact with very little structural damage. Due to the placement, rock sliders are also great sidesteps to get in and out of your Jeep with. The angular design adds a little bit more vertical height to the stepping portion since they are mainly designed for deflection. Most rock sliders will also be free of any flat vertical surface which could hang up on other kinds of obstacles. The more heavy-duty rock sliders are best suited for heavy trail use with extensive rock crawling, so if all you see is sand, snow, and the occasional gravel road, then this likely isn't going to be the best option for you. It certainly wouldn't hurt. After all, there's nothing wrong with your Jeep being overbuilt, but we can save you some installation time and, more importantly, money, and probably some shipping money as well, by outfitting your Jeep with the right gear. If you find yourself doing more overlanding or camping trails with little to no hard obstructions like large rocks or tree trunks, but still need a platform to get in and out of your Jeep while still maintaining some degree of side protection, then a set of sidesteps might be a better solution. Sidestep rails offer a nice balance of protection with a nice flat sturdy surface to get in and out of your Jeep. Often constructed of steel tubing like rock rails, they can still provide a nice layer of protection for the side of the Jeep. Now, maybe you're just looking for only a sidestep and don't need or want any of that armor. For many, all you need is a simple, sturdy step to get in and out of your Jeep. In that situation, a sidestep like the Car Super Hoop is a great solution. That's Car, C-A-R-R. This step design has literally been around for decades and can be seen on countless off-road vehicles around the globe and not just Jeeps. Steps like these offer a sturdy step that attaches to the side frame of the Jeep and provides a great secure solution to climb in and out of your Jeep. Or, you know, when you're getting stuff on and off the top of the roof rack, you know, stuff like that. There's definitely, they're definitely not armor, and they're not designed to take the vehicle's weight on any kind of an obstacle. So, these are the best option for those who really never see the trails. The bottom line is this. Whether you're a hardcore wheeler needing the most of protection and armor or whether you just like getting out on the bottom or getting out on the beach occasionally, there is a sidestep or rock rail out there that will not only add function and utility to your Jeep, but can also protect it, all while making it your own. So here's what to look for. Whether it's round, square, rectangular, bar stock, whatever, what the rails are made out of matters. Clearly, anything aluminum, you're going to want to stay away from. It's a soft metal and will likely only be found in the more basic step options as they don't need to be very robust. Steel is where it's at, and anything under 0.120 or roughly 1 8 inch wall thickness, you're going to want to stay away from. It's just too darn thin and will bend, fold, or dent when you come down on, it with a, down on a rock with it. Now, how extensive the features get is going to be really up to your budget, but the more, the more points it ties into the frame, the better. Obviously, weld-in options are going to be stronger than bolt-on, and for all you unibody jeepers out there, like the XJ, MJ, and ZJ guys, well, do not settle for anything that doesn't tie into the pinch seam. 
Without this, the right smack can send that rock rail rocketing right into your rocker panel and door jam. Extended tree rails or poly end caps or even tube fender tie-in points are all niceties that you can likely do without unless you're into the more extreme side of wheeling and have some, you know, exo cage or some other type of uh, plans in the future. Clearly, if it comes as bare steel, which most will, unless the manufacturer has painting or powder coating options, to which I say, be sure to budget for coating and prep materials. If you, you don't have to spend a fortune, but if you do want to do it right, you can't cut corners. In the end, after you do a little research and are honest with yourself about how you use your Jeep, you'll end up with the right gear that fits both you and your Jeep perfectly. So, Josh, this is kind of a sticking point for me on uh, these uh, uh, sliders that aren't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, we've probably talked about this before, but I, I want to bring it up to uh, to the folks uh, uh, listening. Um, to me, if I see a Jeep, a built Jeep, lifted tires, I don't know what else they may have done to it, but to me, you know, they've they've gone through a building process and sure. they're making it off-road worthy. If I see uh, pseudo sliders that I'm going to call them uh, that have steps that hang down below the si- uh, the sliders, yeah. I think to myself, those are not off-road people. Why yeah. would no, you go to the trouble of lifting and more tires and wheels to make it off-road worthy and then put something on it that is going to impede your progress off-road? Well, some people might say they are compensating for a lack of something or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, others might yeah, the say jealous it's just, people. <laughs> right, it, uh, it, it might just be that that's, you know, the look that they're going for. And, and they they may not realize what they've done by by making that selection. Uh, and I on a, and I know which ones you're talking about. I've seen some JKUs that have these, I mean, almost like stealth fighter type of yeah. side rails on them that have these steps that hang down they do look cool and they look beefy the problem is you have these giant hanging down obstacle catchers that are going to hang you up on virtually everything that you try and roll over so i mean it's it really is not good for anything any kind of trail use these might be people that maybe they never see any sort of off-roading and really they just like the lifted look and and all that sort of stuff and it's just about looks and appearance to them Pavement pounders is what we call them. Pavement princesses, you know, that sort of thing. Um, no, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as you're into jeeping and you're making it your own, more power to you. Um, you just got to understand, you know, sort of what you're getting and and what it does to your Jeep as far as capabilities and and whether it's going to take or take away from uh, the Jeep's capabilities. And like the steps that Tony's, are ta- that Tony's talking about there, those would definitely take away from some of the Jeep's capabilities. But again, if the Jeep never sees trail use and all it ever sees is sand and snow and the occasional, you know, parking lot and, and, and gravel road, well, then, you know, that's obviously not going to be an issue. Right. Uh, but, you know, it, again, it's, it kind of all depends on what you're into and, and what your Jeep so is being used. So I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, you, however you want to make your Jeep is fine. I mean, I, I can uh, I, I cannot like it. Uh, you know, and we're talking about the the 22 inch wheels and the rubber band tires, oh, yeah. and oh yeah, you know, I, I I can't understand that, but that's fine. It's yours. You make it your own. But if you're gonna put sliders on your Jeep, and and you know it's not gonna be off road, that's fine. But I think I know in this area we have situations with hurricanes, tornadoes, that yeah. there may be a situation where I need to use my lifted off road Jeep that even if it never sees off road use. It may be having to may have to be used off road or maybe on road 
going over telephone poles, down trees, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, of course, you know, you just don't have to go uh, anywhere. You can just stop and wait to be rescued. But that's not really why I bought a Jeep. So I don't want to put something on my Jeep that is not going to impede my progress on road or off. And that's just the way I look at it. And I just want to make sure that you out there, the listener, understands that when you put something on there like that, think about it because it may not, even if you're not planning on going off road, it may hurt you on road in uh, uh, in a, a, a severe uh, situation, earthquake. Uh, I don't know. That, I don't know if it would uh, hurt you in snow, but I guess it potentially could even in snow. Yeah, I mean, you know, if there's a, a big drift or something you're trying to get over, and and it's hard packed or something like that, you end up high centering. Uh, there's a, there's something under the snow that you didn't see yeah. uh, that you're trying to roll over. I'm right there. It's just I mean, that, that much more screwed. that you have to push uh, with with something that you didn't need to be there. If you need to step, um, perhaps you need to, to look at a different vehicle. Uh, because they make all kind of grab handles, the steering wheel is there. Uh, get some leg, you know, do an extra leg day. Oh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one little extra thing in here. Uh, the electric steps, the electrically actuated. As soon as you open the door, the step folds down. Super cool technology. I, don't like I think that. it's awesome. Doesn't have any business being on a Jeep. Thank but, you. You know. I didn't, I just, I mean, it's a cool idea because it comes down and kind of gets out of the way, but I just don't think it has the robustness of the the slider. No, it doesn't have any robustness at all. Oh, and you were talking about- I've heard a few people who have that particular one, and it's just something more that you're going to have to fix, especially, you know, when you're off-roading or you ding it or just- you know, not a good thing. You mean all the people off road at Rosh Creek, whenever they they see the the door opens and the the electric slider drops down, they go, "Oh my god, I gotta have that." <laughs> I know, uh, no. I know, I'm being an off road snob, but it's just uh, it's a great idea for like pickups and things that are not going to be off road. And and Josh, you made a, a statement. Correct me on this, but it sounded like you were saying that uh, there are cheaper alternatives. Like if you're going to do something that's that's not off road. I haven't looked at them in a very, very long time, but the really thin uh, uh, decorative, uh, what I would call decorative sliders that go on vehicles, 300 bucks. 300 bucks for the thin crap. Yes. Now, this is is years ago. Exactly. You could get a real. A real a thing. real set, yeah, a real <laughs> set of, of genuine armored up, you know, rock sliders. I mean, uh, you can go to Craigslist. I, looking at, you know, the Craigslist ads around here, there's always some backyard fabricators in any town. That, I mean, you go on Craigslist, you're going to find some backyard fabricators that are going to f- be offering up stuff, all kinds of Jeep armor. There's probably no less than two or three active right now in my area that are offering, you know, custom-made bumpers and rock sliders and that stuff for, for Jeeps and other off-road vehicles. And Almost all of them are in the two hundred to three hundred dollar range, uh, and so I mean, even you know, eBay and, and Amazon, the the cheap stuff uh, there, you know, is in that same range. And so you you get something that's cosmetic, that that serves no other purpose other than to make the Jeep your own, um, is going to cost you just as much. More power to you if that's the way you want to go, but uh, you might oh. want to consider about a little bit of that overbuilding and yeah. uh, and get something a little more bang for your buck, as it were. It may save your life. It may literally just literally keep, yeah, it, or, and it or it may keep you from doing damage to your Jeep 
in a situation, maybe even one that you weren't planning on when you get run off the road when you're driving home at on New Year's Eve and a drunk driver comes at you, and, and that protection keeps you from having thousands of dollars worth of damage uh, on, on your Jeep. I, believe me, you don't want rocker damage. You do not want no. rocker damage, especially uh, if it impedes expensive. the door opening and closing. Yeah. What? I, my door's locked. No, it's bent. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. There is a difference. Well, you want to chime in? Anything to add? Maybe you have a question or a topic you would like covered here on Tech Talk. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Who knows? Your topic or question might just get addressed here on the show. Advanced Adapters, this is Clyde. How can I help you? Hey, Clyde. I'm glad it's you again. Uh, this is Tony with the Jeep Talk Show. Well, hello, Tony. How can I help you? I don't know if you remembered, uh, but I called you. Uh, yeah, I remember. Okay, good. I was just checking on my Atlas build. Oh, McLaroy, right. Any good news? Maybe it's ready early? I'll check. No, but the good news is the build is still on schedule for the five to six weeks we originally told you. <laughs> uh, okay, wait. Uh, does that mean you have cases where it took longer to build? No, that's what I tried to indicate. Five to six weeks is our standard time frame, and we seldom have a problem with hitting that time frame. But it's possible it could be longer. Sure, anything's possible, but it's not very likely. <sighs> okay, good. I was getting worried there. Oh, did you listen to the show? Uh, what show? Uh, the Jeep Talk Show. You know, I told you last time we spoke. Oh, right. Sorry, I haven't had a chance yet, but I will put it on a list of things to do. Is there anything else I can help you with? Uh, no, uh, that's it. Thanks. Hey, Josh, Tammy, and Tony. This is uh, FM Jeeper. Just calling in. Uh, actually, just a couple minutes into uh, the latest show, and I heard a conversation about the torque wrenches. Um, you know, I, I totally agree. Things, uh, when, when it comes to especially studs, uh, wheel studs, definitely got to torque those. I've actually had a tire back off on me because uh, I didn't torque them correctly. Uh, luckily, it didn't come off completely, just backed off enough to make uh, a nice wobble sound or a nice wobbling feeling. Uh, so definitely uh, definitely torque, torque those to spec. Um, I typically do about 100, about 100 uh, foot-pounds right now. Um, for Tammy, uh, actually, like Tony said, they are a good investment. However, um, I was on YouTube and I saw a guy do a comparison between the Harbor Freight Icon torque wrench and the Snap-on torque wrench, uh, the same size and whatnot. And um, believe it or not, the, the Icon was actually more uniformed in its torque on all, just about all the tests that it ran against the Snap-on. Um, I think the Snap-on was well over $300. The Torque Icon, um, I'm sorry, the Icon Torque wrench was, I think, $89 from Harbor Freight. You can probably pick that up even cheaper with the 20% coupon that they always give. Uh, hope that kind of helps, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Bye. Well, don't forget, the Snap-on comes with a rag. Well. <laughs> the Snap-on comes with a what? Rag. Now, the thing with Snap-on tool, <laughs> Snap-on Mac or Matco, you know, any of those, uh, you know, off-the-truck brands, uh, as you were, they are industry standard. They are bulletproof, and they do come with a lifetime yeah. warranty, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Uh, great, great tools, uh, but they do come with a premium price tag. You definitely get what you pay for in that regard. Now, what he was talking about is a new line of tools that Harbor Freight is carrying. They're actually uh, constantly upgrading their hand tool selection 
and making improvements of the other uh, brands that they offer. And uh, and their latest uh, latest brands, they've been putting head to head against uh, brands like Dewalt and and uh, Snap On and, and and others that you know you're more familiar with that typically come with that premium price tag. And you know on paper and in real world testing, uh, it's actually you know sh- showing that you know the Harbor Freight brands are are performing quite well. So you know you don't have to spend three hundred dollars to get a good you know torque wrench. Tony got his for under a hundred bucks. I got yeah. mine for under a hundred bucks. Great tools, and they'll definitely get the job done. Really can't have a toolbox without one. Well, do you even lift, brah? <laughs> lift your oh, Jeep, geez, that is. <laughs> Extreme Terrain's latest throttle out episode host Ryan Huck visits TerraFlex headquarters in West Jordan, Utah, to talk all about Jeep Wrangler shocks. Guided by TerraFlex's chief technology officer Paul Cox. The duo discusses everything from materials and design to valving and piston size on three different shock offerings from Terraflex. Talk is cheap, so in this comparison video, Ryan borrows three of Terraflex JK Wranglers, lucky guy, with three different setups mentioned for a jaunt through the frozen Utah wilderness. Because real-world testing, we just are talking <laughs> about that. So if in the real-world market for new, if you're in the market for new shocks for your Wrangler, or just curious how Terraflex builds them firsthand. Head over to the show notes for today's episode at jeeptalkshow.com to check out Extreme Terrain's video included in their technical guide on how to choose Jeep Wrangler shocks. Really cool stuff. We said it before. We'll say it again. Ryan Huck has a just a, the crappiest job uh, that you could possibly have traveling God, all over. Was going to quit anytime <laughs> now? He's got to be getting sick of this kind of stuff. Traveling all over, uh, you know, treated like uh, the talent that he is, and uh, driving all these different Jeeps. Yeah. Rat bastard. (laughs) From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, good evening, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Mike Tim. He is a member of the Great Lakes Four-Wheel Drive Association and president of Mud, Sweat, and Gears Four-Wheel Drive Club. Mike has been a part of the off-roading uh, family for nearly 10 years. He has also been an active member of Blue Water Jeep Owners Club based in Port Huron. Uh, I always thought it was Huron. I, I, that's, that's the problem with not reading, actually reading things, just hearing it all the time. Uh, Tim, I'm sorry, Mike is uh, married to Debbie uh, and his co-driver, and uh, they have three children. Now, you can find out more information on the Great Lakes Four-Wheel Drive Association at glfwda.org. Thanks for being with us tonight, Mike. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, uh, as you were telling me uh, earlier, uh, the, uh, the this information we're going to be talking about tonight is not specifically at the website that I gave, but we're going to tell people here in a minute where they can find more information about this new park that's opening up. That's right. The Great Lakes Four-Wheel Drive Association is a Michigan-based uh, association, and we really focus around working with the DNR trail uh, leads um safe off-roading and such and we have been just becoming the center point or the 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 go-to place as we worked with the county to develop this new off-road park so how did all this come about you don't hear about new off-road parks that often it seems like the there's so much government uh, whether it be local or federal that are, are the stumbling blocks to getting stuff like this done uh was it uh, was it a big thing to get going it's it's been a long undertaking 
It's been uh, fun to watch, but at the same time, frustrating. Uh, five, we think maybe six years ago, we had a few people, about four or five people, did a little walk around on this now closing gravel pit. Um, and it's located next to a ski hill. And it was a gra- gravel pit that was going to get closed. And some people from the county, as well as some private off-roaders, got the idea that uh, what better thing to do with a gravel pit than turn it into an off-road <laughs> park. So it, uh, it's been a long, long process. We're still in the process. It isn't actually officially open yet, um, but we're getting closer uh, as, as we go. Um, but yeah, it was just a collection of uh, people. All, all the things kind of lined up, the stars lined up, as they say. And we're turning it into an off-road park. Newest, newest one we can think of in Michigan that uh, you know nobody can really put a, a year on it. Like they can't remember the last time we opened a park. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of unusual to, uh, uh, like I said, it's, it, as it seems like there's a lot of work and effort that has to go into this. I think this con- convincing these these uh, civilians, if you will, about why you would want to go drive your your vehicle, uh, your car off road. Well, one of the funny things that did happen is we were developing and working with the the former gravel pit owners. Their idea and the county's idea was, well, we'll go in there and flatten everything out so you get rid of all these big old piles of dirt and everything. <laughs> we'll make it We're easy going, for you. No, yeah, no, 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 no. This is what we want. They didn't understand. It took us a while to get them to understand that we really did like those uh, piles of dirt. Yeah, wait so, a minute. You actually want to potentially roll over? That's what you're trying to do, like a dog or something? That's what we want. They didn't understand that. So it's been kind of fun watching them and uh, bringing them out. And the, the last test event we had, we had the, uh, the the sheriff's department, the fire department, the ambulance, the county commissioners. We had them all out there and, and running them around. And while at first they thought we were nuts, they they have been coming around. So, so did you but, get some of them off, actually off road in a vehicle and drove them around or just showed them? We absolutely put them inside vehicles, inside Jeeps, um, oh, side by sides. That had and to be they, an interesting ride. <laughs> they had the, they had a thrill. They were it was so fun to watch these uh, people who many of them had never, you know, their idea for many people, their idea of off roading is a gravel a gravel road and uh th- it was a blast yeah it was, or, or, it was a really fun or perhaps uh, going down a, a a flat trail uh on a deer lease that that would be off-road yeah we we call them fire trails here yeah and uh you know th- yeah it's a two-track through the woods is their idea of a of an off-road and instead we're taking them on things that they look at and go you can't go through that <laughs> we say, yes we, yeah, we can hold my beer <laughs> i'm, I'm sorry iced tea <laughs> Yes, yes. Hold my beverage. Yeah. So, uh, did, I, you, did, um, did you get any I converts think, uh, with them with them riding? Did you get anybody that's like, I got to have a Jeep? Well, we don't know that that's happened yet, but we do know that the the uh, sheriff's department was able to bring out their rescue vehicle, which is a side by side, and got to get it dirty for the first time. It was a princess. It was beautifully clean and spotless, <laughs> and they they were able to bring that out and go play around with it. It was fun to watch. Well, speaking of princesses, Tammy, go ahead. I'm sorry, I jumped on you there. No, that's all right. So when I think of off-road parks, I think of where I go off-roading and it's like in the mountains with lots of trees and rocks. And, you know, I don't think there are any mountains in Michigan. So like describe the terrain and what you would expect if someone came to Michigan to off-road. So in this particular park, which 
uh, is, as I said, it's a closed gravel pit. So it's located next to a ski hill. Now, you can't compare the ski hill to a um, aspen or anything. This is much, much smaller. But for what we have, uh, we would call it a mountain. And uh, so this is the gravel pit that's been being mined for, I think we've heard about 40 years that they've been mining gravel out of here. So now they've kind of taken all the minerals they can get out of it. And what's left over is is uh, peaks and valleys and piles of, of uh, tailings, they call it, as they uh, filter and sift out the gravel and get the stone and different sizes. So we have all that different thing. It is truly gravel is most of the park. It doesn't give you the outdoor adventure feel of of maybe uh, mountains. It, you know, if we go into Tennessee or Kentucky, where you kind of get the adventure of what's around the next corner, you you kind of don't get that in this park. It's a little more. Um, I hate to say the word refined because it's still a couple hundred acres of property, but uh, it's gravel. You're getting uh, washouts. You're getting hill climbs. You're getting descents. Um, some trails. So you've you've got a lot of variety there, but it doesn't it doesn't have quite the feel of uh, mountains and trees and and rivers and creeks. You aren't going to have that. So one of the things that I always find uh, fun to do, and, and and keep in mind, I have not uh, taken my Jeep off road uh, that often, but uh, the it, it's that's kind of the fun of uh, seeing the the trees and the ter- the varying terrain. And uh, but there's a lot to be said, for, especially if it's close by, because everything I have to go to is very far away. <laughs> so uh, there's something to be said for, you know, uh, adding on uh, some modifications to your Jeep and uh, wanting to go give it a try. Uh, and, the, you know, the neighbors frown uh, when you do it in their ditch. So <laughs> it yeah, sounds like yeah. this would be <laughs> a perfect situation uh, for that. Uh, is, is this thing is this uh, off road park going to be closer in uh, to uh, maybe uh, the public than what some of the others in your area are? Yeah, absolutely. You you actually touched on two things that are key to this park. Number one, it is located about a half an hour drive of north of metropolitan Detroit. Oh, wow. So we've just put oh. this, this park is now literally a half hour away from 6 million people, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And, and so prior to this, the closest park we had to go to, or even just off-roading trails, DNR, what we call DNR trails, uh, the closest we had were about a two hour to as much as a four hour trip. There you go. So it was a big adventure where this one literally is located. It, it's, you know, you can, you can get home from work at the end of the day and go, Hey, let's go run up to the park for an hour. And you could literally just run up there and go play around for a while. So it again, doesn't give you that off road adventure from the sense that you're, you're exploring into unknown territory. Right. Um, but it gives you a, a, it's, it's very challenging. There's, there's hills there that you don't climb. There's places that you aren't quite ready to go to. Um, there are places you can roll over. There are places you can, uh, you can, you can uh, flood your vehicle. We had, we've had some of that already happen. Um, so it's, it's got a lot of variety and a lot of adventure to it. The other thing that we're finding what we've already had happen and this happens now at some of the other um, parks nearby, or the closest park nearby is about two hours, is the because we're a manufacturing-based area in Michigan with automotive, the manufacturers are bringing their vehicles out for testing, oh, brand new vehicles for testing. Yeah, so you want to see cool. something fun. You get a 2019 Chevy Silverado show up, and they want to go out and test it and see what this thing's got. 
this is the spot that that's going to happen at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, and and it's fun to see all those nice things, but but generally speaking, uh, that's something that you're you know camping out or maybe going out for the day, and that's that's part of the the show, so to speak. But then there's the hardcore uh, wheeling. If you really want to get out there, like I was saying earlier, test out some modification that you made and, mm-hmm. just, and just make mm-hmm. sure it's going to be working. How wonderful is it just to be 30 minutes from the house uh, totally. bef- before you drive four hours to find out, Absolutely. oh, uh, that, that didn't work. <laughs> Let me, Absolutely. <laughs> you turn right around and go fix it and come back. So this is wonderful. I wish I had something uh, legal that was 30 minutes from yeah. the house. <laughs> this, is, this is legal. I do and we actually have uh, two... Two very successful, very uh, well-respected off-road shops that do modifications. One of them is about, I, as I remember him telling me, he's about five miles away from the park. So don't think that's not going to become <laughs> his you know, treasure right. trove of, um, yeah, we just put this six-inch lift on and uh, put some, some 40s on this thing. Let's go see if we did everything right. Oh, that's so much better than finding a a, a ramp that nobody's watching uh, behind right. uh, a Walmart or something. <laughs> right, right. So there, yeah, this is because of the density of the population that this is now so close to. Um, this is going to be the place that you go and you get your fix. Oh yeah, it's not going to be the place you go spend your vacation at. It's not going to be that type of a park. But if if you just want to go out and play for a while. A, a, a couple hours or a day um there is camping nearby so we fully expect that people will travel to come to this park we do expect that'll happen um but uh it's going to be a lot of fun because of the density and i i don't think it matters for some people like where you're off road if you're in the mountains and the sand on the beach people just like to get out in their jeep oh you get to talk to other people with four-wheel drives is, is the, another draw to it so right our so first did- test event we had nearly 300 vehicles not people but vehicles there as a test event and it was really <laughs> fun to watch that at any one time Probably 150 of them were out running around on the trails, and the other hundred or so <laughs> yeah, we're there. just standing around talking, this having is... <laughs> a great afternoon. So this is a lot like having a uh, a fix it party at your house, where absolutely <laughs> one person absolutely. works on the jeep and everybody else is standing around right, going, so, "Did right. you torque that nut?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that tight? I don't know. Let's go find out. That's right. So, <laughs> Fortunately, we're, yeah. we're really close to a park. So I can yeah. see why uh, you and I think a lot of people are in that area are very excited about this uh, this new park. Right. That's right. great. So do you have a, an opening date? Uh, I think you indicated you don't, but maybe you have an inkling. Well, we have a speculated date, um, and we just recently, and by that I mean last night, the <laughs> Oakland County commissioners voted to accept the 20-year operating agreement Ooh, that has now awesome. been written. So it's... It's official. Um, it, it is happening. The speculated opening date is going to be summer of next year. So it's not going to happen this summer, but they're saying summer of next year. One of the reasons they're still kind of kicking this down the road a little bit is that they want this to be more than just a Jeep park. So they're doing motorcycles. They will be doing side-by-sides, um, opening it up to other types of events. Um, they do expect to be able to put in a, some sort of a flat track, uh, racetrack, some, some design so that motorcycles, quads and things could maybe do some, 
uh, events there. There may be some sand buggies because there's quite a bit of sand, um, some sand hills and such that really are kind of designed to that sand buggy, dune buggy kind of thing. So there's quite a bit of work left to be done. Signage, facilities, all that is yet to be developed. Um, but now with this new operating agreement signed between the county, uh, it really just turns the turns the heat on. So any ideas how you guys are going to uh, handle uh, uh, air, if there's going to be an airing station, uh, water for people to drink, or is it going to be really where you got to bring your own stuff? We kind of think that the county's going to put in some of that. There is another small park about an hour and a half away from this, and it's run by a, a different county, but it's run by a county. And they have developed that to where there's Porter Johns, there's running water, there's airing stations. Um, so they have handled that, that, uh, those challenges. If none of that does happen at this park, we'll, we are literally about a, less than a mile away from a gas station that, you know, potentially could offer a lot of those things. So it's not located so rural that you don't have some of those facilities near you. You have restaurants nearby, you have uh, repair shops. We've already set ourselves up with a towing company. Um, so there are some of those facilities around that will be able to be used for people. Now, Mike, having a towing company all set up and ready to go, that's just a bad attitude. That's just asking for, (laughs) (laughs) that's just asking for trouble. You're like, you're not, oh, but you said you're going to have other than Jeeps there. So it makes, it makes sense. Correct. Correct. There'll be other, there might be a, yeah, another brand of pickup truck or something there. We'd have to have that recovery (laughs) vehicles for them. Right. Right. Yeah. Did, Did you guys have, um, was there opposition? Did you have to fight oh, yeah. opposition to this? Interesting question. Uh, to our knowledge, little to none. Uh, oh, they've done wow. sound test. Yeah, it, it's they've done sound testing. They've done the abatements of you know where this is going to take and what's it going to run into and such. And we've had nothing. Um, even the county themselves, which this is a very um, Oakland County, is a very prosperous township i don't know how else to say it but not used to dealing with off-road parks and such i mean what other county would it's not something you run into very often but they're really good at developing malls and industrial parks and things like that but they've just uh slowly embraced this whole thing um part of it has been that the off-road community has shown up to several meetings shown their support shown up at events shown how well behaved we are i i think we've helped turn the image of what you might think of as a monster truck kind of loud supercharged loud noisy vehicles that are going to be a problem and such uh you know we've shown up at several events and you have very very well behaved people that are uh, fun to be around and respectful of the property, respectful of the equipment. And I think we've kind of shown them what we are really all about. So, Mike, I was wondering, um, and forgive me because I don't I don't understand gravel pit. I mean, we kind of have like caliche down here in some areas, and it's kind of like a, a real clay with rocks type stuff in it, and it gets really, really slippery uh, when it gets wet. Is a, is a gravel pit something that actually uh, that is – 
maybe even potentially dangerous whenever it gets wet? Uh, yeah, and it's not going to be a slippery surface. It's gravel. To, to us, a gravel pit is stone and sand primarily mixed. Okay. So your hills, if they don't have vegetation growing in them, are very similar to a sand dune. Uh, uh, lots of R- lots of RPM and lots of horsepower is what gets you up it. Um, the biggest challenge we've seen here is the erosion. So when it rains, it can completely change the side of a hill in, in getting some big ruts and crevices and such. And that's one thing that we do see is something we're going to have to be careful of is where a trail that maybe led around the rim of the pit might be might have been perfectly flat and safe and nice easy drive for somebody in in a uh, stock vehicle through one storm might all of a sudden have a 10 foot washout in the middle of it sure so that's the thing that the gravel pit does i i think to both good and bad the the good is going to be that it's going to change yeah Uh, you come back from a storm and you know snow comes in and the the winter thaws and all of a sudden that the pit that used to have a hill in one spot isn't there anymore and it's changed and moved there's likelihood that they'll bring in heavy equipment every so often and moves things around uh you can just simply move a mountain you know and we call it a mountain but you know a hill a a pile of sand from one spot to the next and uh, the county says that that's something that's likely will happen it's, it sounds great yeah. that you're getting a lot of support from uh, from the county. Uh, I mean, that's what they're there for, but it's it's so unusual, I think, uh, to hear them being supportive of... Exactly. Uh, uh, forgive me for saying so, a bunch of rednecks with big tires and uh, noisy vehicles. <laughs> so Well, and I, and I think that's what we came in and showed them through some of these events, that what they at first maybe thought of is the... Uh, trucks gone wild crowd <laughs> is not what we are and that they can run this event in a you know <laughs> they don't have the problem with the super blown supercharged engines and nitrous and things that is you know would be a challenge and most of us are just out there to to play around and test test the capabilities of our vehicles so do you see any limitations to to vehicles i mean i, I don't think You'll see a lot of monster trucks out there, but would it be open to somebody that has a a very big, uh, a large lift and very large 54-inch or larger tires? Yeah, so far we haven't written, and I don't know that they're going to write in any restrictions. I I can't say that they never will, but so far that's not been discussed. So if you want to bring in your your F-350 with 60-inch tractor tires on it, come on in i I think that's where they're going to be at right now um it it like this you know it is still a work in progress so you're going to mix that monster truck that that big big tractor tired truck along next to a little old uh you know 250 quad um and they may kind of intermingle in among each other so it will see we'll see how this develops you know, I was going to say Jeep Renegade, but I think a Jeep Renegade is actually a little, uh, slightly bigger than that quad you mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I, I'll, I'll respectfully agree with that. So. <laughs> well, you have to define what, what, what you're calling a Renegade. So, oh, very true, an excellent point, and that's uh, we brought that up whenever they came out and, and reused that uh, very well-known, yes, very well-respected yes, name. Um, yes, they did. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, we just lost all of our renegade listeners, uh, Tammy. Uh, I don't think we had many. To Shame start on with. you, Tony. <laughs> all four of them. Yeah. So, so Mike, uh, you know how the kids love the social media. How can they uh, reach out, maybe, to the uh, Great Lakes Four Wheel Drive Association? Uh, this, well, like, uh, this, this, this uh, off-road park that's coming up, and maybe even you personally. Yeah, the the best way to contact us if you want to kind of get an idea where this park is at and, and be able to watch when it opens and any events is really uh, through uh, social media, the Facebook page, Great Lakes Four-Wheel Drive. Uh, you'll find it on, on Facebook. Um, you could probably search my name and pull it up if you chose to. That's fine as well. Um, but it's going to be uh, the, the Facebook site if you wanted to to search it. Um, would probably be the best place to get information at Great Lakes Four Wheel Drive Association. Excellent. So, are you guys on Instagram or uh, any other other social media? Do you guys do pictures, or just uh, just kind of the uh, uh, words? And this is what where we are and where you, what you get. Right. You're going to see um, the website, the Great Lakes Four Wheel Drive Association's website, which is that the call letters you announced to start with is the one place we will post pictures. Okay. Uh, Oakland County, I'm sure when this opens up, if you were to look at the Oakland County website, I'm sure this will become a, a page or a click or something because this is going to be so unique to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a place there, but uh, social media is where we probably spend most of our or put put most of our energy as far as uh it's so interactive and easy to put stuff there that that's that's usually where it lands yeah well i mean when there's 27 billion people online you got to go with the where they are so it sort of yeah. makes sense to me uh oh you didn't mention anything about uh the um uh mud sweat and gears did you did you not want to mention that or um it, totally totally up to you we run an event mud sweat and gears is primarily um a, a club that has for 17 years been running a off-road event on Drummond Island. Drummond Island is a is located up in the UP, the Upper Peninsula. So it's about a eight-hour drive north of Metro Detroit, and you literally cross the Mackinac Bridge, and then you drive through the Upper Peninsula, which is just absolutely uh, pristine, you know, undisturbed areas. And you drive across to a ferry boat, and the ferry boat takes you over to an island. And wow. it is it is a awesome, awesome. Uh, it's a basically a rock. Most of the island is rock, a little bit of mud, but mostly rock. And uh, there's an off road park in on the island itself. And we take people over there for two days, two and a half days, and run them through trails. And again, this is I think this will be our 18th year of running the event. Um, it's not a huge event. It's about, we run about 65, uh, rigs out into the trails. Um, but it's been successful. We sell it out. Typically we sell out in about two days. Um, <laughs> and, uh, some people are, you know, I think the best we've done is about, uh, 20, 26 hours we were sold out in. Uh, so it feels fast and it's a, it's a lot of fun, very, very family driven event. And that's the function of mud sweat and gears so um I don't need to promote the event because we sell it out 
Um, no, so but people, I think people still like to know about fun. it. You know, they can yeah. look into it, see pictures, and right. and, and then if they if they want to wrangle their way into it, they at least have a chance uh, yep. if, if they know about it. So yep. you know, that sounds very much like a, a Jeep Jamboree type thing. Uh, does uh, this Jeep Jamboree USA do anything uh, in that on that island? Jamboree does run an event there. Um, they run actually. This was the first year they run two events. Now they just started a winter wheeling event. That was the first time they've done it this year, and they did it very successfully. A very good friend of mine uh, runs that event, Mike Olmstead. Um, and uh, again, they they did their first winter wheeling there, so they had a good time. It's a real gamble winter wheeling up there because snow can be anywhere from a foot, if you're lucky, to there could be three or four feet of snow on the ground. So it could take the event from being a lot of fun to not even possible. So, right. it, uh, you know, they had a great year this year. They had some really, really cold temperatures. They were down in the zeros or sub zeros. Um, so they had some cold temperatures, but the event itself went off really well. So, yeah, Jamboree does actually two events on the island. Excellent. Well, Mike, yeah. thanks, uh, thanks very much for being with us tonight and this great information. And, uh, you know, when you hear about an off-road park, the people uh, close by are, uh, are in the state are always interested. But, man, hearing that it's uh, – only 30 minutes from a lot of people. That makes me excited, even though I'm not close to it, because I would just love yeah. to be that close to an off-road park. So uh, a lot of luck with that. Thank you for bringing that information to us tonight. You're absolutely welcome. We appreciate you taking some time to learn about it. Hey, thanks again to Michael Tim for taking the time to talk about, well, the soon-to-be-open brand-new Oakland County Off-Road Park. Do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry yourself? Or maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest here on the Jeep Talk Show. Everybody's got a Jeep story to tell. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Very well, could be you. Hey, and coming up next week, Trevor Smith with Atlas 46. And uh, this was uh, one referred to us by Brian over at Route 16. So it's got to be good. XG Cargo stores my stuff. Hopefully I'm a winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations to Carl W. of, uh, I think that's Tapan, uh, New Jersey, or Tappan, uh, for being our fifth caller to correctly understand, underline uh, correctly, uh, say the phrase we asked for. And for all of you that are keeping score at home, Carl called in on Saturday about 4 p.m. So, you know, caller number six was like Monday. So if you think it's too late to call in and win on the Jeep Talk Show, Maybe not. You got to call and got to try. We did get lots of calls and we got a few incorrect ones. When we ask you to say a phrase, you know, to be fair, it's got to be the right phrase and, and not all of you said it. So uh, Carl was the, the fifth caller to say the phrase correctly. Congratulations, Carl. Yep. Yep. And uh, we already got uh, Carl's name and address and we'll be uh, sending that over to XG Cargo. So, uh, oh, I actually said XG instead of XJ Cargo. Uh, <laughs> XG Cargo so uh, you can get your prize winnings. And, and please remember us uh, for uh, some pictures and social media. Oh, yeah. We'd like to see uh, see the, the, the winnings and especially see them installed. Absolutely. From the mind of Nikki G. Now, Josh, uh, Nikki G said that he was uh, going after you a little bit on this one, and it was okay if we didn't play it. So uh, brace yourself. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. That's scary. <laughs> I need to put on some Maybe safety this is gear. Nikki G. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I heard a rumor that you could use a uh, WJ rear sway bar links and modify it to make some quick disconnect sway bar links for my XJ. 
And I wanted to know if it was true, so I called in and asked Josh if he heard about it. And he said, well, well let me just play the clip. Damn, you never heard that. But give it a try. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> so I went to the junkyard and got some WJ rear sway bar links. And after a few hours of cutting and grinding and welding, um, I'm going to tell you, it probably can be done. But uh, I was doing it. I was listening to the Jeep Talk Show, and I heard Josh say this a few episodes later. Uh, I made my own sway bar disconnects. But me thinks it's cheaper and easier to just buy ones. I like spaghetti. So I'm looking at uh, buying a set of sway bar disconnects. I was just curious if anybody else out there, what do they recommend? What do they use? And Tammy, in case you're wondering, a WJ is, uh, I believe, the second generation Grand Cherokee. You can stop Googling it now. Uh-huh. And about that tire that <laughs> fell off that Jeep and caused a 14-car accident, I seen the video of it, and I could tell right away that it was a Jeep tire because it had death wobble. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll catch you later. You have a good one. Bye. You know, Josh, I, wanna, I, I think I, we I can get... know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I want to know when it became when I became the Cookie Monster. <laughs> Apparently, at some point in time, I have, I have, you know, transformed from my usual, you know, personality, lovely self to uh, the, the Cookie Monster, and I just nom 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 on the microphone. No, it's it's all I do like cookies. It was it was uncanny, and I think that uh, if we ever need to fool the audience into uh, not thinking, thinking that Josh were, is out, yeah. you know, the replacement Josh. We got to get Nikki G. Nikki G, yeah. That was great impersonation. I, I, almost I could canny. not tell a difference. There was no cans involved. It was completely uncanny. I could not tell a difference. <laughs> hey, it's Allie from Canada. I just wanted to uh, phone in. I was listening to your most recent episode, and you were talking, uh, making fun of Tammy and her lost shackle, and I wanted to say that <laughs> I now, too, share in the grief of the shackle thievery. And uh, I had one. Wait for it. Obviously, uh, <laughs> fall off, I believe. Actually, I don't think it was small. To be oh. honest, I live so far out in the woods. I don't think that he could find me. So, I'm missing shackle. I searched for it. It's gone. We had a nice little memorial service for it, and now I have two new ones. <laughs> anyway, you guys are doing a great job with the show. Uh, keep up the great work. Chat with you soon. Bye. It is so much fun having people call in. You know, they, they play along with the show play and, along, and, and yeah. give Tammy a lot of shit. It's perfect. I'm telling you, it was, I know it was. <laughs> now, I'm always I, right. I, you know, I love the red Jeep thing. I love the stolen shackle. But do you actually believe it was stolen? Is that really, really yes, what you believe? I do. I know it was. It was stolen in the grocery I can tell store in her voice. Lot. I know. <laughs> Oh, you can't make this stuff up. This is great. And that, and that was probably before I started taking medicine. <laughs> well, before the bartending school. Yeah, right. Now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you're planning or a part of or volunteering with, whatever. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, click and fill out our wheeling wear form. The information will come straight to us. We'll get it out to the masses. Now, I've got to apologize because this one slipped through the cracks. They got this one in several weeks in advance. Uh-oh. and uh, Yeah. Fired. And, uh, didn't get to it until just now. So, my bad. <laughs> uh- i got to apologize. Uh, this is the Jeep Spring Trail Ride. It's happening at the AOAA or Anthracite Outdoor Adventure Area. 
in Cole Township, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's happening April 6th, this weekend, as we're recording the show. Tammy, I believe you're going to be going to this event. Is this the one that you're going to be attending? Yeah, and you know, actually, people probably knew about this, Josh, because we interviewed the guy a couple weeks ago um, from this group. Don't make him feel better. What, he forgot, yeah. damn it. <laughs> and and that's what prompted me to go. And I'm going to, I need some help, people. Um, trying to come up with my top five must have items when primitive camping in your Jeep Wrangler, because that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to leave tomorrow after work, camp at the primitive campground, wheel, camp, eat some good food on the campfire. Um, I'm excited. Nate is going to be there um, guiding. And um, I met a new Jeep friend who's also going to be there. And he just this past weekend bought a, a new LJ, not a new LJ, an LJ. It's new to him right but um during the conversation because i connected him and nate together um when he was trying to buy this lj and it's a rubahara we did not know this it's the uh, there's only a thousand of them that were made and it was an homage to the rocky horror picture show or (laughs) no it's an homage to the movie sahara Ah. Um, with Matthew McConaughey. Um, apparently, there's a big group of these LJ owners, and they're really into restoring the Jeep to the original. I liked but, that movie. I thought yeah. it was a good movie. Yeah, but this this guy's going to go, he's not going to restore it to the original. He was going to wheel it. Hell like, yeah. But Jeeps are for. Um, anyway, so it'll be a fun time with the, this crew. Um, it's actually... Um, a uh, charity ride. I don't know, Joss, if you want to finish reading the rest of the, about the charity ride, but it's yeah, for a lady with cancer. Real quick, I mean, this is a, a benefit for uh, one of the Jeep enthusiasts of Eastern Pennsylvania, um, uh, one of their own. Uh, really, it, it, this is a, this is a good cause. Ordinarily, we you know, if if it's just a, a trail run, something like that, how we might notice, uh, you know, mention it or whatever. But the details of this one. Well, Emily, uh, one of their members, was diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, uh, uh, cholangiocarcinoma, or bile duct cancer, basically. Damn nice Uh, job. She she had extensive surgery, followed by chemo for three months and radiation for another month, multiple doctor appointments and scans every 90 days. Every scan post-surgery came back clean until 15 months later, her scan found that her cancer had come back. This time, it came back in her liver head of the pancreas, multiple spots on her lungs, and pretty much had metastasized through a lot of her body, including her right humerus. The family desperately needs your help. This is a serious situation. With your donations, you can help offset the cost incurred with all the treatments, chemo, and surgeries that poor Emily is going to be needing throughout all of this. So, um, you know, all the proceeds from this event are going to go help out, you know, local person, Jeeper, who really needs the help. So, Tammy, I, I, you've been to, I know you've been to AOAA before. Um, I think this is their fourth, fifth, sixth annual spring trail ride. Have you been uh, with this this group before for this event? No, I, um, I've never, I did not hear of this group until we interviewed them on the Jeep Talk Show. And I thought, you know, I'm not doing anything that weekend. I'll go. I've met some people in the group. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, one of them, I think she, I think it was during a women's wheel and ride. So, I mean, I probably will know some people just seeing them here and there, but this will be my first time with this group. I think this will be my third or maybe fourth time at AOAA. I've been there with Nate 
um, at least one time. So, and it's a huge park, very wide, um, spread out. So I'm sure I'll be seeing some new trails that I haven't been on before. Cool beans. Way cool. Well, well, can't wait to hear the report next week. Hey, and speaking of uh, upcoming events, uh, other stuff here happening in the future, we have the 6th Annual Jeepapalooza, B.C., happening May 17th through the 19th, Vancouver Island in Courtenay, B.C., Canada. Uh, this is a great event, uh, also uh, a charitable event, and, and they've been doing some good stuff over the years. For more information on these events or any others, and, of course, the links to all the good stuff, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode and get everything you need. That's it for the show this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jeep Talk Show. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Warning, do not play on or around the Jeep Talk Show. The Jeep Talk Show has contents under pressure and should not be used in a manner that is inconsistent with its labeling or intended use. Podcasting since 2010.